The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hello, good afternoon. How are you? It's a Thursday. Man, I hope you're holding on to your caps. It's been windy out there today. It was bad. I was up on a ladder today, up high, doing some stuff at this park. And, dude, you feel like you're going to get blown off. It was terrifying. I'm not afraid of heights, but, man, that stuff can get scary. So, I was uh, up in Idaho yesterday. And I appreciate you and um, John Russell taking care of things yesterday. Well, John's great. Uh, fascinating interviews, both of them, with Tony Jones, Dan Clayton. Uh, I was able, to, I was on my way back from Idaho. I was listening on my, on uh, streaming the on 1069thefan.com, streaming the, the show live. And uh, great stuff. Ooh. From, I mean, big, big day. And with the draft, or with the trade that happened between the Utah Jazz and the Memphis Grizzlies. And if you missed it, if you want to go back and listen to it again, because there's some great insight from both of those guys. Tony Jones, who writes for The Athletic. Dan Clayton, who contributes to Salt City Hoops. Um, great information from both of them. You can go online to uh, 1069thefan.com, and you can go to the podcast section and listen to those. And so the draft is tonight, and the, the part of the trade that the Jazz did involved draft picks. So the Jazz will not be in the first round unless something dramatic happens here shortly. But um, th- there's some some pretty spicy activity going on just now <laughs> ahead of tonight's draft. Atlanta has required New Orleans' number four pick in the draft in exchange for, check this out, the eighth pick, the 17th pick, and the 35th pick. Uh, that is according to uh, ESPN, reported by, of course, no other than Woj. Uh, the Pelicans are also sending Solomon Hill, the number 57 pick, and a future second-round pick. Wow. So they they got players from the Lakers. They got the fourth overall pick in the draft. Now they've turned that into additional players and additional picks. So, man, David Griffin getting his work done right now for the uh, New Orleans Pelicans. Here's the thing is I'm kind of surprised they traded the pick because I thought they would have went after somebody. I mean, you get Zion, right? If I'm not mistaken, he is the number one pick. Uh, Watch. By the way, I would love the Pelicans picked up like, I don't know, some no-name dude from some southern college that nobody's heard of just to mess with everybody's mind. Anyways. If they would have picked up him and then maybe get DeAndre Hunter or just, I mean, somebody in that regard, I'm kind of, in a way, I don't, I don't know if you would have traded the pick. I mean, you, know, you got three picks out of it, but maybe you get somebody good at the number four spot, but I guess they, they feel like they're okay. Well, here's what New Orleans is doing. I mean, they're, they're trying to reshape their, their roster, and mm-hmm. um, they're, they're in a great position. They're in a position of strength and have been for – some ever since the day that Anthony Davis said he wanted out, so uh, this is a great opportunity for them to reshape and remake who they are. 
And so, uh, and, and give some credit to Atlanta too. They're, that's an aggressive team uh, franchise the last couple of years trying to make the moves that they want to get the people that they want. Um, the last year they did that with Trey Young and uh, see who they get this time. So uh, tonight's going to be interesting. I don't think that, the, that we're done. There could be some more wheeling and dealing before the night's over. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, yeah. We're not even close to being done yet. It's just who needs to move up and who, how desperate are they? Is the question. Um, man, sorry. I'm just staring at that trade. Like New Orleans really gave up, or excuse me. I mean, to give up the number four pick for an eight, seventeen, and thirty-five, but the Pelicans are still sending a Solomon Hill number fifty-seven pick and a future second-round pick. It's kind of crazy. I don't know why you would do that, but okay. So New Orleans gives up the number four pick, but in exchange, they get number eight, number 17, and 35. Uh, they give up Solomon Hill and the number 57, a future second round pick. Atlanta is also sending a Cleveland heavily protected first round pick in 2020. This is all according to reports coming out this afternoon from Adrian Wojnarowski. Uh, so it's going to be an interesting evening. It's been an interesting couple of days leading up to it. The NBA and give, give them credit for, I mean, this should be golf and major league baseball. Oh yeah. They've taken like, if they give it as a 16 passenger van and the driver and the passengers here taken by the NBA, and then there's 15 rows of emptiness and then there's MLB <laughs> Seems like and the, golf. the U.S. Open is a distant memory. Yeah, that no one's even remembering or talking about right now. I mean, and Woodland, by the way... Woodland staving off uh, Kepka from a, a third straight U.S. Open. The college like, series is bonkers what, did right that now. that happen? And there's not We're a thing about that. it. Uh, yeah. No, hey, you know what? It's welcome to June or NBA in June, right? And then you still got July. Free agency period starts June 30th, 10 days from now. Um... And, and as we've heard from Tony Jones, and we'll play some sound bites today, uh, the Jazz aren't done yet. That they can buy their way into the second round, maybe early second round, and, and get somebody that, they're go- that they have interest in. Who that might be is yet to be determined. By the way, if I may just take a selfish moment, um, as you said, as a big thanks to Tony and Dan. And by the way, I, I hate to, I don't mean to put it like this. Well, it's going to sound bad when it comes out of my mouth, but Dan Clayton and his, uh, what was it? Well, how would you call it? Um, his knowledge, his circle of knowledge of, of the NBA, dude, it is reaching out more and wider and further ever since he's been on our show. And now we've been like posting our show and we talk about him on our show and whatever. All some people listen to it and they're like, hey, this guy actually is pretty dang good. He knows what he's talking about. And then also you see people jump in on it. He wrote two great articles yesterday, one on the aftermath of the trade and Mike Conley, the second one on maybe guys that they can go after, you know, via free agency. Trevor Reza, by the way, is on that list. He's an affordable guy. Uh, Damari Carroll as well. Uh, and he's so go, go to Salt City Hoops and check out them. But again, a special thanks to Tony and, and Dan. That was a crazy, crazy day of basketball for the state of Utah. Those two were, I mean, head over, barely head over water in doing interviews and such. And they took, uh, they took a lot of time with us. Very gracious with their time and, uh, really, really good stuff. Again, you can find that on 1069thefan.com on our podcast. You can also find us on iTunes and Spotify. So, uh, look us up there. Uh, Eric? 
draft night. Yeah, and I want to get into some of the comments that those guys made in case people missed it or want to make sure we highlight those because now that the draft is happening, there were some specific things that they discussed about the draft, which takes place this evening. So the Jazz do not currently have a pick in the first round. They do have a selection in the second round. They have the 53rd pick, which is not great. Uh, There's only seven picks below them. So they're near the bottom end of the draft. So their one pick is near the back end of this whole thing. So the question is, is there a chance that Jazz could move up? Would they entertain that option? And uh, Tony... Tony Jones, who writes for The Athletic, said that there is there is still a chance for the Jazz to move up, though probably not into the first round. Well, they have money that they, that they can buy their way back into the draft. Um, I don't think that they can buy their way back into the first round. Okay. Ironically, the Jazz are the last team to have bought their way into the first round, uh, and that was for Rudy Gobert um, back in 2013. Hmm. Hasn't been done since. So, uh, but I do think that the Jazz can buy their way up in in, in the second round, somewhere in the 30s. Uh, the one thing that I think that the Jazz believe is that they can get the same caliber of player from 30 to about 36, 37 uh, that they can get that they could get from 20 to 23. That's interesting. That's yeah, really interesting and that kind of indicates uh, the what the jazz have been doing in this offseason and how many different guys they've had in their organization working them out um they've had a, brought in a lot of guys and in fact Dan Clayton also kind of speaks to that fact that you've got your top very top your top 3 maybe your top 4 that are really really interesting players <clears throat> you've got a few guys that are okay and be all right but it really starts to flatten out, and there's a lot of parity uh, throughout the rest of the draft. And so that was one of the thoughts. So the Jazz were always willing to offer up their 23rd pick in, a, in the trade because they felt like being lower in the draft really wasn't going to hurt them too much. Here's his explanation on that. What everybody says is that this draft is, is kind of weak once you get to the back half of the first round. And in fact, it, what the term I've heard a lot is that it's very flat after that, meaning the player you're going to select at 23 is pretty similar to the player who might still be available at 45 or something like that. So the Jazz have felt that way for months. It's one of the reasons why they've been willing, clear back to the trade deadline in February, why they were willing to put this pick in a trade for Conley or another difference maker. Um, So I don't think they're going to really rue missing out on this draft in particular. So the Jazz, currently they only have one selection. And it's at number 53. Tony Jones uh, and Dan Clayton also kind of alluded to this too during your conversation with him yesterday. That the Jazz have money that they could spend. Basically, they could buy a pick from somebody to move up. Uh, we'll Essentially, we will buy your pick. You take ours instead uh, to move up and uh, see what happens. How high do they want to go? How expensive is it? But I, I don't get the sense that the Jazz are right now in a position in a position where they feel like there's somebody we really want that's a mid to late round, first round guy that we're willing to trade some guys and cash to really move up to get them. Yeah. Uh, so they, they might move up a little and, bit, but I don't think it's going to be dramatic. No, and see, I was, I was at the knowledge of 
that they were going to go that route. And then after talking to Tony uh, yesterday, he obviously, and, and Dan as well, um, kind of debunked that whole theory because some people thought that that might be the case. Um, but obviously they eliminated all such thoughts and theory of that. And they have their ear close to the ground in, in this whole regard of the draft, so I'll, I'll take their word for it. Um, dang, I, I wish we still had that first-round pick. Though. I hope that doesn't come back to bite us, Eric. I agree. I think there's if you always have a chance to get good young talent, you take it. Well, yeah. uh, because you never know if injury or if a guy develops into something or even if he's slow developing, maybe you could use that uh, as an opportunity to trade, include that player with somebody else and a chance to get somebody better who you need right now. So <clears throat> I mean, there's some guys that the Jazz have selected over the last few years that you know, they never see the court. They never see the light of day because um, there's the guys ahead of them are just that much better. But at the same time, when you're always in the playoffs, it's hard to get draft really guys that are difference makers. And you have to make some changes. Sure. You have to make some deals to move up to get those kinds of guys. Yeah. No. And, and the thing is, is is in that regard, um, it's sacrifice, right? And I know people are upset that they give up Jay Crowder. Uh, that was a, I mean, he's he has so much energy and he brings a spark defensively, especially. He's not afraid to to be, uh, you know, to start something just to get his team going or the crowd going uh, to get in the face of somebody. But you got to understand that's the sacrifice and wanting to keep Derek Favors. That's just how it is. And, and Dennis Lindsay, I felt like, played every card possible to make sure they could keep Derek without losing, you know, the the, the core of the team. And, and not to say that Jay isn't the core, but, I mean, it's you either keep Derek or you keep Jay. And if you ask me you're on the spot, I'd rather keep Derek. No offense to Jay, but we need a big man. I think Derek's balled out pretty darn well. Well, and so that goes to another part of what I wanted to get into is what – what are the Jazz looking for in the draft? Uh, will they get who they want? Um, being that late in the draft, I think it starts to get kind of hard to find the guy that you really need. Um, and we, we talked about this the other day. You go to just about any mock draft where, quote-unquote, experts try to project who's going to go where, which team's going to select which players. And when it comes to the Utah Jazz... It's th- there's no consistency whatsoever. Everybody has a different opinion. Everybody has a different opinion about which players will go in what order. Yeah. Everybody has a different opinion about what they believe the Jazz are looking for, and everybody has a different opinion about what the Jazz needs might be going forward. Like Jazz, somebody will say Jazz really need a point guard. They need a backup point guard. Well, somebody else will say Jazz need a, an outside shooter. And somebody else will say, Jazz need a stretch four. So, uh, or they need a big man. So, uh, really, when it comes down to it, and I believe the way the Jazz have, have done things, is take the best available player who's who's there when it's your turn to pick. And But that late in the draft, who knows? Who knows what who's, who it's going to be? Um, it's yeah. probably going to be somebody that you and I are very unfamiliar with. Um, it could be somebody from a, a big name program that was part of something special. They weren't the main driver behind it, 
Uh, or it could be an obscure player in a conference that you're, you, no one knows about, or an international guy. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if they do move up, if they do try to make any uh, uh, changes to get higher in the draft, particularly if there's somebody that they really like that they worked out. Um, but here's, here's some more comments from, this is from Tony Jones, about what the Jazz specifically might be looking for when they do have that chance to draft in the second round. What type of player are they going to be looking for to add to their roster? Uh, I think you're looking for positional versatility. You're looking for you know, a guy that can play two or three positions. I think you're looking for a guy that has upside, uh, if you can, um, or you know, you're looking for somebody like Cam Johnson from North Carolina who does one thing so exceptionally well uh, that that one thing is going to keep him in the NBA for 10 years. So, um, you know, I think that those are some of the things that they're looking for. Um, but, you know, pretty much everybody that they worked out, you know, can, can shoot the basketball. Um, and a lot of those guys uh, they worked out, you know, have a lot of experience. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what they're able to do and how, how far they're able to get up. Uh, into the draft if they choose to, uh, to to seize an opportunity there. Sorry that I was coughing my lungs out. Dude, I had like this coughing vendetta thing that just like attacked me at the complete wrong time. And you, John you know you can over, turn like, your mics off. Right? Are you all right? And I was like, yeah, I'm good, I'm good. I go to ask the question, turn around and start coughing, and John <laughs> fills in for me. I was so angry at myself. Doggone it. Um But you, you know you have like control of your microphone. and I did it. John's microphone. Oh, why are you yelling at me? Uh, but I thought that was interesting insight from Tony that the versatile, positional versatility. And really, that's that's the way the NBA is going. Uh, I don't think that's anything unique to the Jazz. Like, yeah. oh, there's this new concept, you know, guy that can play multiple positions. Now, I think that's the way the NBA is going, positionless basketball. Um, that you can have guys on the floor that can defend at multiple positions, that can play multiple positions. Uh, how many guys are like that coming out of college? That's the interesting question, especially that late in the draft. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing is, I mean, for how late they are, it's it. <laughs> your options are very slim. Unless they've got somebody that they know, that they know can fall that far, it's 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 tough. And I, I don't know if they can trade up. I don't know if that's going to be the key, but um, I'm telling you, that first-round pick would have been so valuable. It's crazy to think that, but there's some guys that I actually liked there in late in the first round that I thought might have felt or that I thought would have fall, fallen that far. And uh, it is what it is, but... Hmm. I just want to mention this, uh, just seeing this across social media. Uh, we've been hearing about new coaches for Utah State men's basketball additions, uh, but your, your staff can only be so big. You can't just keep growing the staff. You can only add a guy if somebody else is leaving. Well, there's news here now official. The uh, South Dakota Jackrabbits are announcing uh, Trammell Barnes as an assistant coach. Trammell. Trammell, sorry. Uh, Trammell Barnes uh, is going to be joining their staff. He was with the Utah State Aggies, and uh, he's now going to South Dakota State. So there you go. Huh. Well, good for him. Mystery solved. At least one of two. One of two. Good for him, though. Hope he enjoys it. 
Uh, let's do this. We're going to take a, a timeout here on the Full Court Press. We'll continue to discuss what's going on at the NBA tonight. Why with, would you want to go back to South Dakota? Though? With the draft that's going on. Yeah, why would lesser conference? That's, yeah. Would, smaller school? Albeit. Okay. Godspeed. Uh, but uh, anyway, more of what's going on. There's been some other trades and, and deals that have been happening in the NBA. How many more will take place? Plus, Thursdays we do pick six. We'll have that. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit later on in the show. We we didn't get into our new segments yesterday. Uh, partially, I wasn't here. But the biggest reason was there was big news that trumped everything else. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have to put that on hold for another week. But we will do pick six today. Six things we think might happen this weekend. Always invite you to participate with us and uh, shout out your radio. Want to share it on social media. Give us your reactions there as well. So we'll discuss that coming up on the Full Court Press. Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson. NBA draft is going on tonight. A lot of movement already today, this afternoon. Utah Jazz traded away their 23rd pick to the Memphis Grizzlies and part of the deal to get Mike Connolly. So the Jazz won't be on the clock until late tonight when they have the 53rd pick. Yeah, extremely unless late. Unless something else changes and there have been other changes as we talked about earlier the Atlanta Hawks aggressive moving up in a deal with the New Orleans Pelicans to get the number four pick and New Orleans will now have like three other first round selections or two other first round and a second round in addition to what they had before and then news just now that the Phoenix Suns are aggressive. Uh, They are trading T.J. Warren and the number 32 pick to the Indiana Pacers. So the Pacers will send cash to the Suns and uh, Phoenix gets some uh, salary relief. So wait, time out. So Minnesota traded the number 11 in Dario Sariak or whatever his name is to Phoenix for the... So Phoenix gave up the number 6 pick and the number 2 pick. 32. 32 pick. For an 11th? I, what are they doing? Dude, who is running that organization? Please stop. Get off the controls until you are sober. What are you... Phoenix is a dumpster right now. They need help. <laughs> Why are you trading your good picks away? Okay, so interesting. This is maybe a stat that blew your mind. Okay. The draft... <laughs> isn't for, what, another hour? Is, is it About 90 it minutes start? away. I thought it was 6, because it's in New York, right? Uh, let's see, it starts at 7 p.m. Eastern, so it's so five. 5. Okay, so it's, it's half an hour away. So the the there have been, and this may need to be updated now, but as of a little bit ago, the 30, 32... Of the 60 picks have already been traded. Jeez. And that's not just over the last few days. Some of this is deals that have taken place throughout the course of the season, but 32 of the 60 picks have already been traded. And I think you have to add maybe a few more to that in light of those other recent announcements. 
about the Phoenix Suns. I don't oh, get gosh. what Phoenix is doing. Like, what in the world is Phoenix doing? What's the value yeah. of a draft pick? <laughs> These days? <laughs> I mean, they're, they're moving hands so fast. Yeah. Uh, what is the value? You know what? I don't know. Hey, real quick. I'm uh, seeing that Indiana has her eyes set on Ricky Rubio. He's a good fit for Indiana. Uh, they'd like to... Uh, they cl- some of these <laughs> trades that they've done that clears up cap space, they can go after him. Yeah. Um, that'd be a good fit. That'd be a great fit for Indiana. He would be really good for them. Um, they've got shooters. He's got help around him, scoring-wise. He just needs to get him the ball, which he can... Good Ruby playmaker. No doing that. Yeah. The old Adipo. Yeah, I'd see that a as a decent defender. That, that's a great fit. I hope that will work out for yeah, Rubio. See that as a good he deserves it. And before we go on and talk too much about the rest of the draft, I, I, did, I know they're not listening, but if they were, I would want to say thank you. Thank you to Ricky Rubio. Oh, my heavens, Thank yeah. you to Jay Crowder. Oh, no, absolutely. Thank you to Kyle Korver. Those three especially have been tremendous representatives for the Jazz organization. On and off the court. Yes, absolutely. They've been great character guys, um, high IQ, uh, love the sport, uh, and uh, they, they've been great for the Jazz organization. Sad to see them go. Uh, it, some, at the end of the day, you have to look at it as a business and what can make your business better. And I think the Jazz have made some correct moves here, but at the expense of some guys it, that it a is. lot of fans really love. And Dennis Lindsay has said this before. I've heard him say it a numerous amount of times. This is the hardest part of the year for him. He he dreads this because he know. And this time in February trade deadline are just extremely tough for him. Um, and 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 he puts that the rejection part is at the bottom of the list because there are you know people. Human beings with families, with kids, you know, who are a part of this. And, and when you trade a player, people think about the player. They don't think about the wife and kids. They just think about the player. They're like, get rid of him. Get him over to Canada or whatever in Toronto. Um, and, and for them to have a family, I mean, Kyle Korver loves Utah. He's been in love with Utah for a long, long time, as has Jay Crowder. And for them to get that heartbreaking news, I mean, Jay Crowder was in the gym working out when he found out. And, man, to get that news that, you know, a place you love and you adore, and they adore you just as much back, and, you know, they, they, they tell you, hey, look, it's, uh, you know, this is a business, and we have to do what's best for our team, and this is what we're doing, and you're moving to wherever, Memphis, um, it man, it it can hurt those players, and they understand it, but it doesn't make it any easier. Right? It, it's I mean, you want to be uh, respected. You want to feel like you're part of the team and you're part of the solution to what's going on. And if they're talking about trading you away, they can say that they like you. But at the at the end of the day, there's something about how they feel like you're not part of the solution. Yeah. They need to to move you on to get somebody else who may be a better part of the solution. Well, think and, about and so that's emotionally, yeah, that's hard. Sure. And think about the Toronto situation, right? Demar DeRozan, uh, you know, Dwayne Casey, um, you know, those guys had put together, you know, what they could to be able to make that team in Toronto what they were. They were traded for Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green 
Um, and then all of a sudden they turn around and watch Toronto go win an NBA championship. That's heartbreaking. You put your heart and soul into a franchise, get traded, only to see them win a championship. That's got to hurt. That really does. And for, I mean, Jay Crowder and these guys, you hope that Memphis is going to be competitive, but let's be honest with each other. They're not. They're not going to be competitive next year in the West. Not right away, no. And they're going to turn around and watch the Jazz, who Tony Jones, Dan Clayton, Andy Larson, Andy Bailey said on Twitter, Jody Genesee, all who have been very close to the Jazz say, this makes them a top three team. Well, not just local guys. I mean, the national guys, too, are saying... Except for Chris Broussard, who put them six in the West. Well, yeah. The, the NBA yesterday, all they wanted to talk about was Chris Paul and James Harden. Yeah. Instead of... There was a significant trade that just happened with a, a team that was in the playoffs last year, has been in the playoffs the well, last several years, and just got better, and they just overlook it. And, I mean, well, Utah's flyover country. It's If it's not L.A., Houston, Chicago, New York, they're not going to pay attention. Yeah, no, I get you. I mean, I, I look at, um, you know, and, and there are, everybody's talking about the whole LeBron James and AD thing or Celtics and them falling apart. And I'm like, didn't we just didn't we just make a trade? Like, <laughs> did, didn't the Jazz just upgrade didn't, themselves? Yeah, didn't something very significant but wait, happen hold on, here? But hold on, hold on. Chris Paul is right now unfollowing James Harden on Instagram. This is a story. We got to talk about this. James, I mean, Crick, I mean, look, Instagram, Chris Paul, he liked a, an InstaFace post from, you know, Milwaukee. Oh, dude, yeah, we, we, we got to hit this up. Why, why did he unfollow James? You know, give me a break. And you know what? That's fine. The Jazz are okay with it. Uh, but I'll tell you this. Mike Conley, I, I, I love Mike Conley. I cannot buy in to the fact that this makes the Jazz a top three team. Does it make him better? Yes. Not a top three team, though. I love Tony Jones. I love Darren Clayton. I love Andy Bailey. But my gosh. So who, who would be the top three teams in the West? Well, if Golden State can get Clay back and, you know, a healthy Clay back and Steph, and they keep Draymond, still number one or two on the list. LeBron James with Anthony Davis is number one or two on the list. Um, you put Denver up there? No, I put Denver below Utah. Denver was the number two team. Rudy Gobert owns... Had a chance to be the number Rudy one Gobert team. Rudy Gobert owns Jokic. Owns him. And Mike Conley, with this him on this team, in a seven-game series, 10 out of 10 times if they were to do it, all 10 times the Jazz win. Okay, so Golden State, Los Angeles... One or two. Now, now, bear with me. A hot take, if you want to call it. Who's number three? Portland. I still am terrified of Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, and when he's healthy, Jurkic. I am terrified of that squad. And I don't know why, man. But it seems like Portland always has a jazz number, whether in Portland or at Utah. That's because they had that other guard that was dynamic. And I think that's now negated. With yeah. Mike Connolly on the roster. And, you know, and, and people will say Oklahoma City. Well, guess what? Oklahoma City no. right now puts Steven Adams, Andre Robertson, and who else on the trade block? They put one other key guy. They're putting Andre Robertson on the trade block and Steven Adams. 
I yeah, got they're they're shooting for stars and they're missing and hitting like Mars. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't see Oklahoma City as a. Uh, they, they might be a playoff team, maybe, but they're not a home court playoff team. Okay, so do you see where do you see Utah, Eric? In in with Mike Conley, the addition of him, I see the Jazz as a home court playoff team. Are they a top three? I don't know. I see. I say the Jazz are at four. Uh, f- I, I do. I'm, I'm very comfortable four. saying four, saying three. I I see the possibility, but I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready to go there yet. Hey, do you have the soundbite? And you may not. It's in his fine. Do you have the soundbite where Tony called Mike Conley a top eight point guard? No. I didn't pull that one. I, I was, I listened to that and I looked at John and he looked at me and we just like had wide eyes. Thought, you don't agree with that? Okay, so okay, so let's do this then. Let's, I mean, we call it the list. We're going to, I mean, it's, it's top five. Do your, give me your top eight point guards as of right now. Okay, this is no particular order. Sure, I'm it doesn't not gonna have go, to be. No, no, no. That's, and that's too but tough I think, to do. I think the, the, you have to look at Steph. Yes. Steph Curry. Yes. Damian Lillard. Yes, that's two. Um, I think you have to... <sighs> no, I wouldn't put him up in that. <coughs> Some might want to put Chris Paul up in there, but I don't... I'd put Mike Connolly ahead of Chris Paul. Okay. And I, I understand that. I put Mike Connolly ahead of Kimball Walker. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I absolutely would put Mike Connolly in that discussion. So I have Steph Curry, Kimball Walker, Kyrie Irving, Russell. Oh, yeah, Kyrie Irving. Russell Westbrook. Yeah, Westbrook, okay. Uh, when he healthy, John Wall. Hmm. Damian Lillard. Yeah. Um, you know, I I thought about Kyle Lowry. I mean, I I, I debated on that. Uh, Connolly's ahead of Lowry. You think so? Yeah, I think so. I think he's more consistent. Wow, fair enough. I mean, yeah, I mean, fair enough. Um, is Jimmy Butler a shooting guard or a point guard? Shooting guard. He's not a point guard. Okay. All right. Man. Maybe maybe he is a top eight point guard then, dude. I'm trying to think of somebody else that I would put it. I can't do it. My yeah yeah I I think you have to. I mean, look here's a guy that averaged at 32, 21, 22 points a game. He averaged six assists per game. Averaged three rebounds a game. Averaged. One to one and a half steals per game. There, there aren't very many guys that give you that kind of a line every night. He and he, he likes to play defense, and he can set up the guys around him. Yeah, I, absolutely. I had no problem when I heard him say that. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Really, eight, eight seems a little low. Maybe, maybe yeah. you consider no, him a little I'm bit higher you, as than that. I'm looking at point guards right now on my screen, I might put him in the top six, Eric. Yeah, when he said eight, I thought, like, oh, I'd put him. Cause yeah, my gut tells David, me he Steph, should be higher than eight. Kyrie, Russell. Yeah, I'd almost put him in the top six. Devin Booker, yes or no? No. Trey no, Young? He can score, but does he help the rest of his team? 
Trey Young, not yet. Maybe a little early. But I, I, I like the addition of Mike Connolly. The, the Jazz still have Dante Exum in the mix as a, as a backup point guard. I don't like that. Uh, they, I, I think they need another guy to uh, have in the mix. Um, but they, look at their starting five. I mean, that's a great starting five. And it, the first couple of guys off the bench are, are pretty good, too. So the Jazz have some depth. Yeah, they could use more shooters and somebody else who can help create. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty satisfied with where the Jazz are at right now. I don't think they're done, though. I think they're going to wait to, to see what offers there might be with other players available in the draft or, or via free agency. And if they feel like there's somebody out there that shows interest in the Jazz that they can't right now afford, they may end up having to waive Derek Favors to get him. And then right away, then depending on who it is, uh, but I would think that uh, that would solidify the Jazz as a potential top three team in the West. But a lot's going to happen between now and then. All right, coming up next here in the Full Court Press, we'll get into our pick six. Six things we think might happen this weekend. Uh, we invite you to participate. We'll share it on our own individual personal uh, accounts on Twitter, but also on facebook.com slash 1069thefan. And if you're not a, a, you haven't liked the page yet, you ought to do so because we try to share information there. But that's a great way to follow along and give us what your thoughts would be for the six things we think might happen this weekend. Plus, there's a crazy story coming out of Major League Baseball about a team that maybe splitting where it calls home for the season. We'll talk about that next in the Full Court Press. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson. It's pick six time. Ajay? Eric? Are you ready for this? No. Not really. Oh, come on. You love it. Don't you? You're a big fan of the pick six. You've won it a lot. All right, six things we think might happen this weekend. Why don't? Dang it. Son of a biscuit. Sorry, what? As you were saying? We pushed last week. Yes, we did. We pushed each other to the limits. So this week, um, there's really no real rhyme or reason who goes first or why or whatnot. Okay. But That's nice of you. Since you've been under the weather, I'll let you decide what you want to do. Uh, you know, I feel like I've been cheating. Do you want to kick or do you want to defer? <laughs> do you want to kick or do you want to defer? <laughs> uh, I'll go first. Yeah, why not? Okay, sure. Tomorrow, Michigan State plays, or excuse me, Michigan plays Texas Tech in the Carl's World Series. Texas Tech eliminated Florida State yesterday, despite their top three hitters going four for 15. Eric, tomorrow... 
Between the top three hitters, they will combine for five and a half hits over under. Against Michigan, who has been very stout with their pitching. So the Texas Tech top three hitters. Combine for five and a half hits. Will combine for five and a half hits against Michigan. What in the world is going on? Um, I'm going to say I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take the oh man. Yeah, I'll take the under. That Michigan team, dude, they are pitching extremely well. They're on a roll. Holy cow. Uh by the way, US women's soccer team beat Sweden two nothing. Yeah, they did. They secured the number one spot in their group. So they went through three games. Did they allow a goal? No. They beat Chile 2 nothing. They beat Taipan. Thailand 13 nothing. Yeah, them. And then they beat Sweden 3 nothing. Good heck. 2 uh, nothing. They beat Chile 3 nothing. Hope Solo, eat your heart out. Huh. That's impressive. Sorry, I just saw that and I was like, man, they're on a roll right now. Huh. Good for them. All right, uh, Justin Verlander on Sunday will play. Will be pitching at New York, twelve oh five start for anybody who cares. Justin Verlander will allow one and a half earned runs over under. One and a half earned runs by Justin Verlander on Sunday. Uh, who are they playing? <clears throat> They're at New York. Um, I'm going to take the over. I am too. Yep. I think New York's team, now they got their lineup back. They've been an absolute machine. <laughs> They're good. Uh, and then my final one, Julio Tehran uh, of Atlanta is at Chicago versus John Lester. The combined strikeouts between Julio and John. You ready for this? 12 and a half over under. Wow, combined strikeouts at 12 and a half? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Um, boy. Wow, that's a tough one. That's a good line. I'm going to take... I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take the over. Just the way that... No, it's 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 people a 50, are hitting 50. these days. You might as well flip a coin for that one. Those yeah. are two very good pitchers. True. Okay, let's stick with baseball for a moment. Okay. Who will have more hits between Friday and Sunday? And this is a three choice answer. Or three, uh, a choice of three. Okay. okay. Will it be Yelich, Bellinger, or Trout? Oh, jeez, dude! Come Yelich, on. Bellinger or Trout? Which one of those three will have more hits between Friday and Sunday? Um, oh, Eric, that's a good one. All three of them are tearing it up right now. Yeah, and Trout just had a career night last night. Uh, who did the Dodgers play? Do you know? I don't have it in front of me. I'm going to look just because I can. Uh... Los Angeles gets Colorado. 
Milwaukee gets Cincinnati. And the Angels, are they playing? Yeah, they, they play Saturday. I'm okay, so I'm gonna eliminate Trout. Uh I'm gonna say Yelich. But I am not even close to being confident with that decision. Alright, I'm gonna go with Bellinger. I've had uh he was he was my pick from the beginning. All right, uh the CONCACAF Gold Cup is going on. USA versus Trinidad and Tobago Saturday. Team USA by two and a half. Over or under? And, and what is this? <laughs> this is this is soccer. Men's or women's? Men. Over on, who? On the pitch. Tobago? USA versus Trinidad and Tobago. Oh, geez. Uh, two and a half, you said? Yes. Dude, if they can't beat those guys by two and a half goals, they they need to never play soccer ever again. I'm going to take the over. <laughs> and pray that they don't suck that bad. Because if they do, they need to get off the field. And never, ever touch a soccer ball ever again. Uh, I'm going to take the under. There's been a lot of uncertainty about oh, team. Yeah. Say oh, yeah. Right I'm now. with you, man. I'm, yeah. I'm with you. And then finally for me, NBA trades by Sunday night. Oh, geez. Four and a half. From now? From, well, <laughs> yes, we need to set a timeline. I'm going to say from Friday to Sunday. Because there could be some other craziness throughout the evening tonight. Four and a half, huh? I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take the under. I'm hopeful that most of it gets out of their systems by tonight. But uh, who knows? The way things have been going this afternoon. Okay, so as a quick recap, Texas Tech top three hitters, five and a half hits when they play against Michigan. Uh, We both took the under. Justin Verlander allowed uh, earned runs at one and a half. We both took the over. Uh, Julio Tarin and John Lester combined strikeouts at 12 and a half. I went under, you went over. Who will have more hits between Friday and Sunday? Christian Yelich, Cody Bellinger, Mike Trout. I went with Bellinger, you went with Yelich. CONCACAF Gold Cup this weekend. USA versus Trinidad and Tobago. Team USA by two and a half. I went under, you went over. And then NBA trades between Friday and Sunday night at four and a half. I went under and you went over. So that's our pick six. We'll share that on social media, on uh, Twitter and on Facebook. And coming up next here on the Full Court Press, a very interesting proposal about a baseball team splitting its season between two different locations. We'll discuss the validity of that and if it makes sense next on the Full Court Press. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Last, uh, well, minute and a half with you here on the show. The best part is they know how to joke around with each other. They're not like, 
you know, hey, I'm not going to tweet. I mean, how many teammates do you actually see tweeting at each other, giving each other grief? <laughs> so there's a picture of Bull Bull going into the NBA draft, and he's wearing this suit that has like a big spider pattern on it. And they're saying, oh, Bull Bull is Spider-Man. And then Donna Mitchell, of course, taking issue with that. Royce O'Neal starts chiming in. And then uh, Rudy, Go- Rudy Gobert. <laughs> Rudy Gobert wants a piece of the fun. And uh, he replies saying, finally, someone who knows how to wear a Spider-Man suit. <laughs> Donovan Mitchell quotes his tweet says, why don't you tell everyone what you're doing right now? And then Royce O'Neal replies to Donovan, you won't show the people what Rudy Gobert is doing right now? <laughs> Man, I should. Oh, uh, anyway, some fun going around with the Jazz players. Uh, real quickly, Tampa Bay has gotten the the Rays. They've gotten the okay for Major League Baseball to explore splitting their season in Montreal. Half the season being played in Tampa Bay, half the season in Montreal. I mean, we don't have a lot of time to get into this, but do you, do you like the general idea of allowing a team to do that? I wish that Oklahoma City would do that with Seattle in basketball. Hey. They deserve to have their basketball team back. Uh, they just the other day they had a home crowd of five thousand seven hundred and eighty-six. Oh but yikes! That was in Tampa. It's ridiculous. He Montreal could do better. Uh, they struggled as well. So I don't right. know. Maybe that makes some sense. That's going to do it for us tonight, everybody. Have Good a great night. weekend. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. 60 players will be selected tonight in the NBA draft, but in reality, this draft is being defined by just one player, Zion Williamson. It's been a long time since there's been this much positive energy around one pick. You might even go all the way back to the days of LeBron James. But even though he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated at age 16, we didn't get to watch LeBron in college. We've had a year to get to know Zion, and everything we've seen so far has been great. He can do things that a 285-pound man aren't supposed to do. But it's not just his unique skill set. His love for the game and his teammates were infectious. He was the biggest star in the sport and never acted like it. So there's a good reason to be excited about Zion joining the NBA. Of course, there's the added pressure of being the number one pick. I'm sure we'll pick him apart down the road. But for tonight, let's all celebrate Zion Williamson and his entry into the NBA. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.